Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, let me get you off to the right start on your online dating journey. And it is going to be a journey. Boy, do I promise you that. But do you want that journey to be a little less painful? Well, go to kristencarney.com slash dating help and I can help make that possible. I can help power up your dating profile. I can help fine tune your banter skills, which will take you to the next level and get you the girl that you want. So go to kristencarney.com slash dating help. That's kristencarney.com slash dating help. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have Tori on our show, who is a trauma expert. She helps people identify past traumas. And trauma doesn't mean what you think it means. It can be little things that are affecting your dating life, little things that are affecting how you interact with women, how you approach women, how you talk to women, how you state your intent, why you're getting into the friend zone. So we talk about how to identify these traumas and then how to wipe them clean. So keep listening because it's a really, really great episode. to another episode of the Ask Women podcast. I'm Kristen Carney, one of your hosts here, of course, with Marnie Kinris. And today we have a trauma specialist, which is going to be so helpful, I think, for you guys just listening to the show in general, because you're needing, you're going to need <laughs> healing after you listen to our show in general. But Tori Helf is here. She is a transformation babe and a trauma specialist. I know those sound two, like two very different things, but Tori's here to tell us all about it and that kind of stuff. <laughs> Well, hey, hi, Tori. Tori. Thank you for being on the show, Transformation Babe. I think that's fantastic. Well, hello, Marnie. It is so amazing to be here and to share everything I've learned over the years with you guys. Um, I do have three degrees in psychology, so that's how I became the Transformation Babe. <laughs> that's how crazy you are. Three degrees in psychology. You can just get one? That's insane. One, one is plenty. One, one's too much, even. One yeah. is too many, but <laughs> I was really looking for how do we help people be better, not just what's wrong with you. And so that's why I kept going. I was looking for the answer. Yeah, I love that you can't find that with one psychology degree. You're like, no, this isn't the answer. It's true. It's really challenging to make people better. I think that's proof that that is a thing. It's hard. It's a tough, it takes a lot of work. So tell us from your three degrees, how do we make people better and why are they not better already? What has happened to them that's caused this imperfection or lack of being the best version of themselves? Yeah, I think at, at so you know on a deeper level, we all know what our better self can be, and we know what we strive to be. But I believe personally that we have a lot of difficulty in things that happen to us, and we don't really know how those things affect us. It's easy to you look know, at. Oh, go ahead. It, it's so weird that you're saying this right now because this is not huge trauma. And before we started taping, you said little things around the house, perhaps that could have caused some trauma that we're not even recognizing. But I just found out that I have this little thing wrong with my eye and I can't wear contacts for the next month. And so I wear contacts constantly. And when I don't wear them, I cannot see anything. And I just took a shower, which is a whole feat in itself. But <laughs> while I was in the shower, it was so strange because I couldn't see anything. And I and I recalled, this is probably what I saw as a kid every time 
I bathed or, you know, that's maybe why I don't love to shower. I can't see in there. And it's very traumatizing. I think as a little kid, it would have been pretty upsetting because it's even upsetting as an adult. And so I just was thinking, wow, this was such a minor thing, but I wonder how much it affected me. Absolutely. Because think about the fear as a child. We don't really have a full-grown mind when we're little. That's why we believed things like ginormous bunnies would hop into our home and leave a basket. So so we have to See what happens when, when you have three psychology degrees, you ruin people's and dreams. When you have no, <laughs> and when you have no eyesight, you just think that's actual <laughs> yeah. bunnies. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm I, I just so open. Yeah. Well, so I want I wanted you to speak to the guys who are listening to our show because the, the you know the main goal of our show is to help them uh, interact, approach, talk to women, date women, love women, mm-hmm. be with women, go through battles with women, and come out good on the other side. Uh, <laughs> how 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 may some of these small traumas affected these men in their later years? If some of them are having some difficulty with approaching or putting their real intentions out there, what what are some traumas that could have happened to them in their youth that would have resulted in this happening? Yeah, I'll kind of just start and like redefine trauma for people because okay. I we all know that like the combat soldier or the person who worked in Syria has trauma, right? But we forget that trauma happens to all of us, our friends, our families, our neighbors, and it can be these small things we've defined trauma as a difficult parental divorce. I I genuinely find small little tasks to be traumatic. Like if I go to Walmart, (laughs) but genuinely, like if I go to Walmart, I'm like, oh my God, this is so traumatizing. And then I feel bad for the rest of the day. I'm not even kidding. Walmart Walmart is kind of traumatizing. It is. It's it's like a fight to get in and get out and get the things you need. Well, the outfits, I mean, it just, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like (laughs) Afghanistan, obviously. I'm I'm kidding. It's a, it's our version of it. Luckily, it in the Western world, <laughs> right? No, but you're pointing out something interesting that, like, you can still feel trauma even though it's something as simple as going to Walmart. These things happen within your body, either consciously or sub subconsciously, that are affecting you later on. And, and that's a really important part, like point right there, Marnie, is that it gets stored in the body. So we know this through neuro research. Let's say you have a a mother who is really critical and talks down to you all the time. Well, you re-experience that trauma over and over and it actually starts to retrain your nervous system and your mental wiring to be fearful. So that could show up later as being fearful to talk to women or even attracting women who do the same behaviors. It can, it can go either way. Each person is a little yeah. bit unique in that. So is we it kind of... You, sorry, is it that they fear women are going to talk down to them if they're just being themselves? Is that, is that, or I guess it just, it manifests differently for each person, right? It could manifest differently for each person, but I, there are some pretty common themes. So what has been done to us, sometimes we will recreate the exact situation and then wonder why we always attract those people. Yeah. Or another way to deal with it is just to avoid it altogether. So it might be avoiding dating because I've had so many bad experiences. And now I just see that as a difficult thing that no matter what I do, it doesn't feel like it's working out. Interesting. Okay. This is really interesting. So how, how... I have I have dating trauma and I actually have a tweet that I haven't tweeted yet. It's a draft, but it's saying how I'm so traumatized by just regular dating that if I was actually like assaulted or something by a man, I don't even know what we would call that because the simplest, most pure form of dating is is traumatizing to me. It's dramatic it, enough. It is. It really genuinely is. It can be. We go. You go out and put put yourself out there. There's a lot of vulnerability in dating and walking up to someone, especially for our male counterparts, right? And each time we get a little bit more beat down, so that starts to form our belief system around what is normal, and and we actually internalize it in our body. Where so how how do you alter this? Like how I obviously I'm not going to give away all your goodies, but I want you to maybe help people. Okay, give away your goodies. Tell me exactly how, sure. how do people get rid of this trauma that either they're aware of or not aware of? So that's the key. The first one is we have to become aware of what are those things. And so I love to take people through a little process. And I will start looking at what are the behaviors you don't like that, that are holding you back from maybe love? And so they would write like, you know, I have trouble approaching women or when I get into a relationship, I seem to sabotage it. 
So we focus on the behavior. And then under that behavior, what are the thoughts that lead you to do that? And so you start whittling it down. Like, okay, so I have these thoughts. I think, oh, she's going to do this or she's going to reject me. Okay, what was the first time you felt rejected? And start bringing awareness to those patterns, those things that you're doing now. If we can get underneath each of them, we'll start to see like, oh, I remember this thing that happened back way back when, either with my parents, my family, my friends even, where I felt really rejected. And on some level, we're protecting ourselves from that rejection again. So that right. self-awareness of taking yourself through that process is the first step. Okay. And what's step number two? And then step number two would be, once you figure out what it is, decide what level of support you're going to need. So if you've uncovered something like physical, mental, or sexual trauma, obviously that's going to need to, there's going to be therapy there. You know, you will need to find someone who's qualified to do that. If you're just finding that there's like limiting beliefs or difficulties, then you can find someone to talk to about it, who you feel safe with. You can find a coach to support you to move through that. And the third thing is you must find connection. That's actually how we heal trauma is through safe connection with other people. And what most people do who've had trauma, particularly the bigger traumas, is we actually avoid connection. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of not healing it. So this can be friends. This can be learning how to get into love relationship in a positive way. It's reaching out for help, asking, which most of us are super uncomfortable doing, right? (laughs) Yeah. What I want to do is... Can you explain that a little bit more? So so let's say you are afraid to get into a relationship. So then how do you move past that trauma while in a relationship? Is it just talking to your partner about the things that are going on for you and the things that you're discovering about yourself to hear what they have to say? It would be great to to bring those things up and let them know. Like if you can, because I've been married for 15 years and I actually come from a lot of trauma. I didn't end up in this work by accident. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I was born, both my parents were addicts. Uh, My mom was actually in heroin rehab when I was born. So I've had an incredible journey of getting myself to three degrees and living in Newport Beach, California with a healthy husband. (laughs) So when I talk about this, I I talk about it with so much compassion and knowing that it's not as single path, like you're going to have those step backs, but being able to communicate with your partner, you know, this has happened to me. And sometimes when you say X, I feel Y, like being honest about it. Like when you talk to me that way, it gets me upset, not because you've done something wrong, but because that, that hits something in me. Can we not go there? Okay. So it's not really like... Not necessarily protecting the wound, like you're not going to heal it because you have to work on it. Like think of it as like a, a sliver, right? You've got this thing that bothers you. It really has nothing to do with your partner. But when they, pr- when they press on it, you get upset. It's painful. Yeah. Well, actually, that leads me to my next question because I was working with a client the other day um, who listened to our podcast and he was like, oh, can you, you know, can you talk about how to soothe yourself in the moment and calm yourself down? And I was like, oh, we have a trauma expert coming up next week on our show. Yes, of course, we can totally bring that up. So, how, like, so what you were just talking about calmly saying that to your partner. Most often when yes. you're triggered, you're, you're not, not able to be rational. So how, how do people actually soothe themselves in the moment? So for, for example, if a guy has approach anxiety, right? And he is freaking out or trapped in his head and can't think of a thing to say. He has that floaty feeling in his head, nervous yes. feeling in his stomach. How, how does he calm himself down in that moment? So the most proven way to do this is actually learn how to do deep breath work. So deep belly breath work. It's the only thing that connects the conscious and the subconscious mind. You cannot get out of your head through your mind. You have to get out of your head through your body. So you have to physically... (laughs) That's true. Drugs drugs have their own place. (laughs) That is an option. But if you want an easier non-habit forming... (laughs) (laughs) way to walk to walk in and feel comfortable learning how to do that deep breath so i've also studied yoga and meditation for 20 years i'm studied i'm certified in all of that and the east has much better answers for this than we do in the west so practicing taking that deep belly breath and walking away giving yourself space especially if you're upset or you're anxious like holding yourself in especially if you have social anxiety, right? The thing most people do is they beeline for the bar. 
it would be better to stand outside, give yourself a couple minutes, think of what what are a couple things I could talk about to a woman, which you help people with, Marnie, as well. (laughs) You know, both of you do this, right? You you give people those openings. So practice it in your mind. See it go, see it going well, just like we do with athletes, right? We do the visualization. And always come back to your breath. You can even like clasp your hands together, do something to bring yourself back into your body. You can hit and you can rub your, you know, rub your palms together, bring something back to the physical and the presence. Because the thing you're afraid of is the thing you're making up in your head. Right. Is there a way to do this where it wouldn't look like you're doing this? Like, is this all very subtle where it wouldn't bring more anxiety? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So like that's you're talking I, to a woman. How, like, how do you, you know, click your heels together, rub your hands and breathe without her saying like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Yeah. Taking and then the she's going to think he is on drugs. So he yeah, should have taken the drugs in the first place. So. <laughs> right. Yes. Taking, so that, that was for more like the rubbing your hands together, doing something physical would be more for when you're not in front of the woman. When you're in front okay. of the woman, that is when you just rely on your breath and bring yourself back to the present and focus on her. If you're anxious, you're thinking about yourself and how you look. Right. So get focused on her and be curious. I remember in acting school, they would always say, don't act, react. And so mm-hmm. you have to actually listen to what people are saying to get in the moment. And I would imagine it's the same with the dating stuff. It is. like Think about that. When we're nervous and we're having social anxiety and, and we're worried, it's because we're thinking about us. It's normal. And even with public speaking, right? We start to think about ourselves and I'm like, am I going to mess up? Am I going to stutter? <laughs> you know? Like, right. what am I going to do wrong? And then if you want someone to like you back, that's 10 times. That's completely normal. That means you care. That's a good thing. So what care if, about them. Sorry. What if yeah. the girl is not saying anything? Like, I know you said to react and listen. So what if she's not saying anything and she's waiting for the guy to say something? Since he's the Sometimes. one who approached. Totally. He might want to call it out and be like, wow, I'm at, you know, this would be the place for the insert joke. Like, wow, I'm, I'm just staring at you and I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> I like that. So, come, like that you know, lot. calling it out, nobody can call you out. Yes. You take away power when you, when you put it out there first, you take away their ability to hold something over you in a way. Exactly. Even yeah. laughing and be like, wow, I don't even know what to say to you right now. I'm so stunned. You know, like a woman would be very intrigued by that. Like, wow, he's honest. He, he actually like called it out. It's much more awkward to sit there and stare. Yeah, well, and then it calms, it calms you down. I have um, this article and it's, I, I have it in a couple of programs too about announcing the elephant. It was like one of the first things that I had learned when I started doing some coaching. Uh, and I told guys how important it was that as soon as you announce the elephant in the room, you'll calm down. You will calm down immediately the, the longer that you're not trying to hide something or cover something up. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let, let's dig in a little bit more into you, Tori, if you're open to it. Um, I sure. know that you have been in a relationship for 15 years, but I, I'd love if you can try to remember a little bit about yourself and dating yeah. when you were dating. Because I know that a lot of guys, everybody's experienced trauma, right? So yes. a lot of women have experienced trauma, some severe, some not so severe. But well, a lot of guys are... 80% of people have experienced some form of tra- childhood trauma. I'm I'm sure it's way more than that for sure. Yeah, um, that causes them to behave in a certain way. So how how do guys sort of announce the elephant about trauma when interacting with women? So like, how do they bring it up as something that they recognize to bring them closer together, or how do they recognize when that is going on? Like. I guess I'm asking, how do you date somebody that's been through trauma? Do people who have had trauma date differently? They can. Extreme trauma. Extreme trauma, we're going to see some avoidance. So when things get difficult emotionally or they feel unsafe, they're going to want to like take off more. So this might be the person who leaves everyone before they leave them. Right. And so that's, that's more of our typical... But this goes back to kind of, especially in psychology, what we call attachment theory meaning how we attach to our mothers is ultimately how we'll attach to all people on the planet. It's a very interesting theory, but there's a few types. So we're either avoidant, securely attached, which is ideal, anxiously attached, or we kind of go between a couple of them, right? So we're kind of confused. We don't know what what way to go. (laughs) Right. So that can definitely show up in dating. I think women love to give 
like women who have that kind of healer tendency to them or want to take care of the men they're with, sometimes they love when they feel like the man they're with has got these things going on and they feel like they can fix it. So mm-hmm. what I would love to see men do is A, ensure that the woman that they're with has earned the right to hear their trauma, that they feel safe sharing that with her. Yeah. So it wouldn't need to be something that happens right away. Okay. And then when they're feeling safe to tell them, right? It doesn't, you know, not like they've been dating for five years. <laughs> Let's say they've been right. dating a couple of months and this woman has shown herself worthy of hearing their backstory, especially if it, it affects intimacy, right? That's another big way that trauma can affect us is maybe he doesn't feel as affectionate as he want to be or doesn't own, you know, it doesn't own his sexuality the way he would want to or show up in that way. That could also be another way that he could call it out and be like, you know, well, I've had these past experiences and that's affected me in this way, but I'm working through it. So okay. owning it is a powerful thing. Well, let's thing. flip it on to you. Can you tell me about sure. you when you were dating? Yeah, and like things that you would do, people oh. that you would be attracted to? Well, first of all, I was a world-class runner. <laughs> Wow! At the, at the first sign of a problem in a relationship, I would like the road runner, like take off. Oh. Okay. <laughs> really? Marnie thought you meant actual runner. I know. Oh, I'm like that's no, amazing. Three no, degrees, no, I, a world class runner, amazing. No, I didn't. I meant running away from men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. No, I'm. Unfortunately, I don't physically run unless you're chasing me. I'm much of more of a yogi. But yeah, there was a lot of interesting things that had come up. You know, I had a hard time in dating. I would get into relationships quickly and get out of them just as quickly. So it'd be like I'd jump into the pool and then quickly get out of it. And it was not something I recognized in myself. Even when I was starting college, I didn't know how badly I had done that. And I didn't recognize that having an unhealthy childhood had set me up for all these interesting things in my marriage. But he had the complete opposite childhood, which a very secure attachment. So he was able to actually ground me. So that's one thing. If you have a lot, sometimes we tend to find another person who is the same or opposite. Ideally, someone has a little bit more grounded than you. Because <laughs> if you're right. both running away from each other, it's not going to last too long. Right. Well, so what... What? So I kind of had a similar thing too. Like I... I would get into something fast and then I would run away really fast and be over it. And I don't, I'm sure that was some sort of trauma or some sort of protective mechanism, or maybe just I had something that I was excited about and then I wasn't so excited. I'm I'm not really sure to be honest. Um, But is there a way that a guy could have stopped you from running? Like, or was it just that you hadn't worked through your stuff yet? But like, is there a way that he could have done what your husband did at an earlier? age for you to make you not run away. Correct. I mean, it's definitely 50-50. It always is in a relationship, but we have to take responsibility for ourselves and know that some women are just going to run and it's nothing to do with you. (laughs) I dated some really nice guys and I just wasn't ready. And I was also young. I mean, we're all kind of a mess in our 20s, but... Right. But were you just not that into those people, do you think? Or was it that you just ran? I think I I just ran. I think I had some really nice people that I had dated, but I was terrified of getting hurt. And so I would run. And we all do something like that in a different way. And I want to make sure that this is not a bad thing. It's it's literally like a survival tactic. It's the best way to think of it, right? We don't know any better until we start to see the pattern. So Mm -hmm. it can be a pattern to where I attract people that run away, or I am the one who runs away, or 50 other different ways that we do things. But once we see that and we see that, okay, I keep attracting these women that I either need to take care of or I need to save or they keep leaving me, I always ask people to look at that within themselves. Are they doing that to others or are they also doing that to themselves? So like betrayal is a big one. If you okay. feel like you keep finding someone in your like, like let's say you feel like you keep being betrayed by the women you're dating. Well, have you betrayed anyone else or are you betraying yourself by not asking for what you need in those relationships? So it's like, I'm always, I'm always on the deep dive side of things, obviously. Well, you have to be, I think, sometimes. For it's sure. so funny. I'm like going back through all my things now. And I, I found a common pattern. I don't really know where this is tied to in my role. Well, actually, I do know where it's tied to in, in my childhood. I used to run away from a lot of men. I didn't have crazy trauma in mm-hmm. my childhood. But I like had my own version of trauma with parents who are wonderful, but not very emotional (laughs) and expressive. Um, So that was traumatic for me because I'm quite expressive. And 
the guys that I would run away with, I run away from, were the ones that sort of didn't know how to hold on to me. And the ones, sorry, I'll go, I'll go towards the ones that I stayed with. My husband and actually each of my, my boyfriends throughout my life, when I started to run away and distance myself, they would call it out and they would tell me what they thought about me and why. And that would make me stay. And then I liked them more. It was just, it was very interesting. They would call me out for running and it wasn't in a harsh way. They would all sort of say, I know what you're doing, mm. but I don't know why you're doing it. We're wonderful. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. So it's, it's interesting. Like I'm going through each one and each of them, except for one, did the exact same thing. So, I mean, trauma can present itself in so many different ways. But there are ways to kind of combat it. So for somebody that is a runner, I don't know if that would have been helpful for you to hear somebody say like, listen, I want you to stick around. That's one way to combat it. For sure. And that's a good... And I've definitely seen that work in different couple, you know, people that I've worked with where they, they, some people get more defensive when they get called out. So you kind of have to know your relationship. Like right. they, they'll be like, that's not true. And when it, when they get defensive, it's really true. <laughs> right. So, so I think holding the space of saying, you know, I'm here, I understand you might be scared or I see you distancing yourself and I don't know why. So there's definitely a way of calling that out. I think my husband too, when we started dating, you know, he was just this very solid person. And I, he, he was very honest and he told me how he felt. And it was like, he was the grounding force in the relationship. He was very similar in the way of like, hey, if you're going to go, you're going to go, but I'm here and I'm interested. So I don't know why. Yeah, that's what my husband did too. But like, well, why are you going? We're good. That's really interesting. Okay, I want to, I want to, sorry, take a quick break. And then I want Kristen to, to chime in, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Tori, who is awesome. Uh, not so traumatic, but uh, very helpful to all of you guys and us. So we'll be back in a minute. A friend of mine recently on Instagram posted a thing saying, I finally paid off my credit card bill after like 15 years. And she was so ecstatic and so happy. That can be you. And it can be a lot quicker than 15 years because with Lightstream, you can get a credit card consolidation loan with rates as low as 5.95% APR with auto pay. That's lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 19% APR. Another awesome thing that would have helped my friend not take 15 years to pay off her credit card would be that the rate is fixed, so it'll never go up over the life of the loan. So get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 with no fees. Underline that. Even though you can't see it typed out, I'm underlining it with my excitedness. No fees. And just for our listeners, you can apply now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash askwomen. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash askwomen. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Subject to credit approval, rate includes 0.5% auto-pay discount. Terms and conditions apply, and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash askwomen for more information. Hey, guys, so it's summertime, and in the summertime, you know what people do? They tend to wear baseball hats. You know, casual cookout, throw on a baseball hat. Got out of the pool, throw on a baseball hat. And it's usually because you want to cover up what's going on underneath. And if there really isn't much going on underneath, and by not much, I mean not much hair, then you guys should check out forhims.com. They connect you with real doctors and real medical grade solutions to treat hair loss. And it's great because there's no awkward in-person doctor visits, no long lines to deal with, no waiting room, all the good stuff. So order now because our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just five bucks today, right now while supplies last. Check out their website for full details and safety information, but just know this would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. Hundreds! Save those hundos for the dates, the ladies. Now go to forhymns.com slash wants. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash wants for hymns dot com slash wants. All right, we are back. And Kristen, you were about to say something and I don't know if you've forgotten it now, but I, I, I know you wanted to chime did, in. I probably did, even though the break was half a second. 
I did, I did forget <laughs> it. No, what I no. was, was going to ask was, is running away ever a sign that you're just not finding the right people? Is it always an avoidance thing? It could be, but it's, it's like asking yourself that deeper question. Like, are these good people? Am I listening to a red flag in my gut that this is not the right person for me to be with? Or am I actually afraid of getting hurt? How, you, how do you decipher the two? Would be like, how did someone treat you? Well, there's like two if, parts. This is actually a tricky um, question. This is a good question. Because, right, you could be seeing it through your skewed lens of the world that everyone is dangerous, right? Right. Or it could be that you it's didn't... your gut. It's your gut, exactly. So that is a level of maybe actually getting a reflection back from someone you trust. Hey, you know I'm dating this person. These, this is the way I'm feeling. Do you see that at all? Please be honest with me. Mm-hmm if you're really unsure, because you need that outside. Sometimes you need people to reflect back to you what's actually going on, right? Because you can be like, oh, I, like, I'll give you guys an example of you know, someone I dated before I got married, like another like a year-long relationship. I would be like, he's so boring all the time. <laughs> and then my friends would reflect back to me like, he's actually really nice. You're just so used to emotional chaos and crazy that you don't know what to do. And that yeah, was so right. true. Yeah, your reality totally becomes different. It's almost like if you have like body dysmorphia, you look in the mirror and you see something and you're sure you see it one way, but in reality, yeah. it's not that way at all. Absolutely. With body yeah. dysmorphia, we have, it's like looking into a fun mirror and we can mm-hmm. do that with our whole life. Something that happened to us can actually color the lens in which we look at dating. For sure. Well, I think Kristen's asking because she she's not 100% sure, but I'm 100% sure she has been through crazy trauma over the past I, year and a half with the past really relationship. Have. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. she's not, she's, I don't think you're really acknowledging it because I, I think like you're saying that it's feeling empty to date for you right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's two things. Either you're not really feeling it for people or you, you just, you've been through a trauma. Like your body's kind of shut down. I, I, we're, I would be the exact same way. Yeah. 100%. Would... Like my... Like my body literally shut down after I went through a breakup and I had a stroke a year later. Like, and I was gone for the next year and a half, like shut off from everybody. Like nobody could do anything to please me, interest me. Like you just have to understand you've you've been through a traumatic experience. Yeah, almost dating right now is like after you drink and you never want to drink again and then someone walks by with a drink and you're like, oh, I want to vomit. That's kind Mm -hmm. of how I feel about dating at the moment, but I feel pressure because I'm getting older. I'm 36. So I feel like, okay, well, if I want to have kids, I got to push this train along. And so I'm really having this like cognitive dissonance, I think, because I don't really want to be dating, but I'm forcing myself to date. And it's just probably creating a really bad and even worse scenario than it would have been, you know, with just my single trauma. Because there's a huge inner conflict now. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. nothing will move forward. But Give yourself the time you need, even though there is that pressure, you know, you're aged, it's still not. (laughs) And it's more not really like, it's not so much for having babies. It's more like, I'm going to be ugly soon. And so (laughs) I need, before these wrinkles really set in, I need to find my guy. It's not the eggs going bad, really. Okay, that's good. My face. More my face. You know, we live in LA. (laughs) You have more time, so you're fine. You're fine. And never underestimate what another three months could do for you with some additional support. Yeah, yeah, definitely. for sure. Like really diving into it. Uh, I want to yeah. get to some questions from our listeners. So if you guys are ready, let me know and I'll, I'll start asking questions. Yeah. We are ready. Okay, good. Uh, Hi, Marnie, Christian, and guests. Love the podcast. Thank you for the knowledge. My question relates to the fact that I am attracted to intelligent women. (laughs) Well, you have three of them right here. (laughs) Well, he's still turned on right now. Uh, Hey. You don't know which two I'm talking about. The problem, well, three degrees. I think we know which one. Uh, The problem with dating intelligent women, however, is that they tend to have a high income like we were at this one. God, it's not even working with these dogs. A high income and as a result, usually want to date a man who was on or near their level of income. At the moment, I work a low-paying government job and live with my parents. Whilst I get my business off the ground, this has put off the last two women I tried to date as one was a surgeon and one was a lawyer. Does my current income really matter that much? What can I do to show these women I'm not intimidated by their intelligence income and I'm close to reaching my potential? I know that by the end of the year, I will be in a position to quit my job and move out of my parents' house. V from England. Thanks in advance. 
I would say talk about your passion and your plan because that excites an intelligent woman. I think so too, but but he is saying one is a surgeon and one is a lawyer. So he's dating these women for them to then say, this is an issue that, It sounds like he's not just going on a date. It sounds like he's actually getting into a relationship with women. So I think he's getting dates with surgeons and lawyers to begin with. And I think whatever he's doing there, he can apply, right, to maybe moving further. Right. But what I hear going on is that he has a plan, Mm -hmm. but it's not going anywhere. That, or at least that's what I'm hearing. Like if he's actually getting. Yeah, so like I like I think that it, from to me it sounds like these women are dating him, so he's doing something right. I think like working for the government is great. Like th- they can all be wonderful things. They're if you're highly intelligent, those can those things can you know attract another woman or a woman. Um, but my guess is that he's getting in to dating women, like dating scenario where it's not just a one date and he's putting them off. It's that he's actually dating them. Uh, and then it seems like there's no movement, maybe. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. I would, it would be good to know how many dates does it take to get to this and how soon does he come out with the information? Because that's another thing right. is to that's let true. people know right away. And it's a great way to suss out, is someone solely making decisions based on income? Because that's not really a great partner. Anyway, I, I have the simplest answer for him. And you said he's in England. So if he wants to date really attractive, or I'm sorry, intelligent women, just come to the United States because we instantly orgasm right, with you your, accent. your accent. Right. That is true. <laughs> well, do you, do you think that living with his parents is a big deal? Yes. What, what's his age? I think so too. I don't know what his age is, but if he's dating somebody who's an established surgeon and lawyer, that means he's, he's somewhere 56, in the 30s or 40s yeah, or, you know, category. So 84. that... That means something. So uh, p- women who are dating in 30s and 40s who have their shit together, um, they don't want to take care of another person. And that, that's the honest truth. This isn't about money per se. It's about taking care of somebody. Unless there's a big reason that you're living with your parents. Are you taking care of them in their old age? Did you give up your home to go live with... Like there has to I be would bullshit, you know, more honestly, reasons for it. <laughs> really? I would bullshit no. a little bit. Yes, I would bullshit that my, my mom is sick. Oh, and I'm just a wonderful son. I have to be here. But, you know, as long as you're moving forward, maybe you can use that little fib for a little bit. I don't know. I mean, that's terrible. I, I don't know also, about that. What if you go and meet the mother and you're like, wait a second, didn't you have <laughs> cancer? And she's like, caregiver. no. She survived. Right. I made I, her I, healthy again. Yeah. I, I just... I, so he he's I really asking... He, he's asking, does my current income really matter that much? That's the big question. So Tori, what do you think? Do you think that his current income really matters that much to these women? I think it... Would it matter to you? It wouldn't because I'm financially independent. But I mean, I don't even share money with my husband. Like we have completely separate bank accounts. Right. Oh, wow. So, okay. but I would be looking at, do I see movement? Do I see this man really making taking action? And is he going to be out of his parents' very soon because that could put a a damping damping down the dating life there yeah so do you think you think at this age you you would date somebody who still lived with their parents i think i could be open to it only if like like you guys said like there was some good reason like let's say he's an entrepreneur because i know a lot of entrepreneurs who like gave up everything to start multi-million dollar companies Right. Wow, that would be different if I saw the passion, the drive, and I knew he had something great going. I would be interested, but you know, it's like if you're going to reinvent post-its or something. I don't know how that's going to work out. So it would really, right. it would be a case by case basis. But I would look at can he support himself if I'm going out to dinner? Am I paying for him? That would be a problem. It would be a problem because it would be a turnoff, or it would be like, it, is there is there like- a situation where you really liked a guy and it wouldn't matter? For sure, but I wouldn't like I have this happen all the time with clients that I see that make a lot of money, right? And they end up kind of taking care of the guy and then it feels like a child, not a partner. Right. And so it'd just be like, you know, income doesn't have to be the same, but can he take her out to dinner and can he, you know, buy her flowers and just do some things to show support? That would be all I would need. Is like, you know, I don't want to be footing the bill 99.9% of the time. Right. I, I I I would say that I have a similar request and I feel like 
as I, in my 20s, it would be a completely different answer. Oh, totally. Um, I from now, I have <laughs> yeah. kids and, you know, I I make my own money as well. Um, but I I wouldn't want another child. And that unless unless there was some way that it was, I guess on on the surface level, that's what it, it would sound like to me. Um, so it would have to be. He's asking how could it be presented differently. So if if as you said, there was this person who's like, listen, I've given up all these things to go back home and do X, Y, and Z, and my plan is in seven months I'm going to be doing this. And I like I'd have to see that drive and passion and intellect. That like mm-hmm. if I was intelligent, I'd also want to meet somebody who was intelligent so that I would I'd be able to say, yeah, this person can do it. Not yes. to become a multimillionaire, but to do whatever it is that he's passionate about that where he could support himself in some way. Or even if I was supporting him, that he would be just, just like living. I guess that's what the, that's what I would need on the other side. Do you know? Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Like no, I wouldn't totally. want somebody who like sits at home with his parents, never wants to go out, never wants to do. Anything. He'd have to add something to my life, is what I'm saying. Which is the same with and, and most partners. Um, so I think I think that that's what we're all trying to say is like you, there has to be something more about you than I live with my parents, and that's that's it. Does that make? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Why I'm not. I'm not really honing in on what I'm trying to say, but I hope that that's coming across correctly. No, I think it totally is. It's like, how can you show up and be valuable and supportive in her life and show her what you're really made of? And if she can't yeah. see past it with your income, then that's an issue, and that's okay to move on. But make sure you're yeah. upfront about your plan and you're honest, and that it's. Well, can you tell me a little bit more about the women who you worked with who were saying, you know, who are highly successful, um, who were saying that they got into situations where they felt like they were taking care of the person, um, whether they had money or not, the guys, what what were their main complaints about in terms of taking care of that person? Because I'm trying to like show to men what some of the things that they could offer would be that yeah. don't become a drain on women later on down the road. Yes. So one of the, some of the big things I've heard, because I do work with a lot of male and female entrepreneurs, but I work with women who make, you know, a quarter of a million dollars a year. And what they're looking for is if you can't show up for them financially, at least do other things like support them. Um, I had a friend who her guy stayed home with the kids. Like (laughs) that was what they'd worked out. It, It worked for them. But the things that they weren't doing was like you're saying, like they, they didn't have any passion or drive for anything. They weren't trying to better themselves. They were just kind of getting a free ride. It'd be like, I've heard women say, I would be happy if they didn't do anything as long as they're working on themselves and they helped me as much as they could. Like I have a client who loves that, you know, her guy doesn't make near what she does. He makes a quarter maybe, but he's so right. good to her. Like he gets dinner, like he picks her up dinner or he makes her dinner. You know, all those little things that add up. Like find your lady's love language and make sure you're showing up with it. That you're, like you said, adding value to her life, that you're making her life better. And in some ways, she's obviously making your life better too. And these are things that you can discuss as well, even in the beginning stages of dating. Because I've talked about this before, but most of my female friends are the breadwinners in yeah, their families. Me too. Yeah, so, but that's just so interesting. And so I'm, I'm thinking of one couple in particular. So uh, she's traveling three weeks out of the year and she is, tries to be the best mom in the entire world that she can be, but she's not there as often as the husband. And he's home. He has his own job and he does things too, but he's not making nearly as much money as she does. But he is constantly planning for their family, planning fun vacations, planning, planning like their backyard. You go out there and there's like four different sections set up for the kids and they can just have the whole afternoon outside and they go to different zones in the backyard. And maybe this is a little bit elaborate sometimes uh, for all the things that he does because he doesn't ever really relax with that stuff. But I know that that is a, 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 hu- a huge thing to bring to the table. And you can still do that at the beginning stages of relationships. It's not just the taking care of the kids or making the meals for your significant other. There's other things that you can you you can be valuable. Um, and it's just about discussing those things with the person that you're dating so that you can understand her needs and she can understand your needs and what you're both capable of. 
Yeah, I and mean, even just having the conversation is is showing that you you have some value because most men uh, and women wouldn't be able to have that conversation or even know how to do it. Yeah, some of the sexiest things my husband does is like do the dishes when I'm busy. He feeds the you know he takes care of so yeah. much stuff. If he knows I have late clients, he'll call and be like, "What can I pick you up for dinner?" And it's yeah, like that, amazing. that's huge. I know there are little things that I, I think a lot of women th- think to do naturally. That, um, that yeah, there's something in the. The training of men. I don't know. I, I just read an article about this recently that was in the New York Times. Sorry that I'm going on a tangent, but it's just like, it's the way that people are are brought up. This article was saying um, that women in general do, even who, people who work the breadwinner, yeah. um, they do 70% more of yeah. like household chores and just nice gestures uh, for their male counterparts. Um, and they interviewed a lot of men and men are just like, well... I didn't. I don't really think of those things, or it's not my responsibility. It's kind of hers. So it's just an interesting way that people have been brought up. Um, so I think we have to. Oh, hopefully, we're doing this now is helping to educate men on little things that can be done um, that can show just as much value as a, a huge paycheck. Totally. It's just like I don't know if you if your users could look up you know women porn, but it's like all these guys doing household chores. <laughs> Oh, amazing. <laughs> it's the best. It's I like, go to it right now. Yeah, Google the images of like, um, or what's called porn for women. It's so funny. It's like guys in aprons cooking with like a kid on his hip going, babe, I really want to support you while you follow your dreams. <laughs> you know? And like vacuuming. It's I really great. It. So it's, dirty. It's, just, it's just, it's crazy. That's, that's Kristen's dream. She would always say like foreplay for her was, you know, putting the dishes away. Okay, well, yeah. one, yeah. one more question. And then uh, we are going to end our show. Uh, hi guys, my girlfriend and I are looking to have fun with another girl threesome, but we are not sure how to, number one, identify the correct girl who is willing to do it. Um, number two, approach her without scaring Back her. Tattoo. Number three, set... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> that was funny. Number three, set some boundaries so things can be fun without anyone's feelings getting hurt. Thanks for looking and uh, looking forward to your reply. Um, yes. Do any uh, anybody? Does anybody here have any experience with that of being a third? Well, I was approached to be a third once. Interesting. Yes. And what what made you say yes? <laughs> <laughs> what made me run? That's when I became a runner, uh, just like right. just like Tori. <laughs> Well, it was so strange. I was pretty young. I was 24, I think, and I was waiting tables. And so I was a waitress of this couple. And what's weird to me is that the threesome couple always kind of looks the same. Like they almost look like an SNL sketch of a couple. (laughs) And like he's usually got a Hawaiian shirt on or something. And, you know, it's just (laughs) a weird, they're always strange to me. So anyway, this couple was so nice and so talkative. And so at the end, they said, we're staying in this hotel if you want to join us. And because I, I thought it was fun, like I'm a child. So I kind of giggled and just um, laughed it off. But they were so comfortable with it and so smooth that it was like they almost made me comfortable with it if I could have been comfortable, which obviously I couldn't have been. But if I could have right. been, they were would have been the couple to do it. Oh, interesting. Okay. So them being comfortable, were they flirting with you? Well, they were just being so nice the whole time. Like I would bring them something and they would start chatting with me. And then, you know, they'd smile at me as I walked by. And so it did start to get a little weird where I was like, there's something going on with these two. Either they're going to murder me or want to have sex with me. Like it's going to be one or the other. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> and so I that was have never been propositioned that way. That's so sadly. surprising. It's to the same. Me. I have me, not me either. It's the same reason people in Mexico offer me bracelets instead of cocaine. I, I just have an innocent look. I would walk with my friends on the beach and like uh, everybody else would get offered drugs and I, not one person would offer well, no one, Not that I wanted it. I'm usually you. Still. I'm usually you. Usually I'm the dweeb that has no idea that everyone's already done the cocaine tonight. Right, and I'm like, la la la. I'm like hanging out with my mom. Like, you know, I bring her right. along. So, yeah, it's weird. I know. Yeah, I've not okay. had this experience, but I definitely work with people who have. And I would say there's two key factors, and it's trust and honesty. So you want to make sure you really trust your partner enough to go into that. And you guys feel strong enough and that you're not looking to do this to save the relationship because it will usually be right. the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. Oh, for sure. And Hopefully then honesty about... The 
Bad joke. Really dumb. <laughs> as long mm-hmm. as it doesn't break the relationship, the back is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then with the honesty, the detail in which the honesty has to happen is pretty key. I mean, it has to be like, am I okay to touch here, to do this, to do that? Because you don't know what's going to upset someone. And so I actually encourage couples to sit with each other and go through like a sexual scenario and say, what would you be okay with? What would you not be okay with? And make it very clear. And then also... I'm... Oh, I think he was asking more about like how to spot the third. I think that they've already oh, had okay. they've already got the all of those conversations. Got... Well, are there certain... Do you boundaries. think that everybody... Is, do you think that almost everybody would be open to it given the right situation? And what, what would be that right situation? The right situation would be agreeing on when to do it. Maybe, I mean, I would probably look out for someone who's not super inside their circle so that they could keep some sanctity in their relationship. Right. Because some people do this with friends, right? Or they pull someone in. But if the relationship's already there, then things can get strained. So yeah. maybe... They- I would say, I don't, I don't really have any experience, as I said, with people coming and approaching me. But me neither. Uh, I, I, I kind of agree with Kristen that I would be more open to people who were super nice and chatty, who I who I could banter with, that would be really important. Like, because that's we, we've talked about this before, and but banter it for me is an expression of intellect. I think, um, and if somebody can keep up with me, that like gets my juices flowing, and I would be excited if I had like that back and forth with the girl and the guy, and I would feel excited about stuff, and just putting me into that realm, I could see myself being more open if it was the right time for me to do that. If I was curious and I wanted to express myself, um, I don't know how to, to spot the people, but it might be the people... I don't even know. I don't know how to answer this question. Well, I'm so because, sorry. We should, I should have saved that one for Susan Brad and she would be a good person to ask that question. Well, being too. that yeah, I am maybe. on dating apps, I do see that proposition a lot on Tinder. Mm, yeah, oh, really? It'll be a guy with a picture of a girl and he'll say, we're looking for a third. And so I think you can easily do it online. Of course, I always... Swipe left because I'm a prude, but it's there all the time. Right. Maybe that'll break your trauma. <laughs> no, I don't want more trauma. It'll be more trauma. Or not. It could be an interesting experience. Anyway, Tori, thank you so much for coming on to our show. Do you want to tell people how to get in touch with you if they do want to do some work on their own traumas in identifying them and then helping wiping them clean? Yes. So you can find me at ToriHealth.com. That's T-O-R-I-H-E-L-F as in Frank.com or on Instagram or Facebook at The Transformation Babe. I love it. And Kristen, your program is now live. And this, I know we're filming this, uh, filming this, recording this a little bit in advance, but uh, it will have been released on Memorial Day. So now you can see how far in advance we record our shows. Um, But I am very excited for this program to be released. I have shown it uh, to about seven or eight different coaches and experts. um, And all of them have said it's like outstanding and the best thing they've ever read for banter. And even one was like, I'm having a hard time believing that this this was written by a girl. So that I thought (laughs) was a huge compliment. Uh, Compliment to me, I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. And this is like a dude saying it. So I, I was really happy to hear that. So if anybody wants to go check out Kristen's banter program, go to winggirlmethod.com slash banter K uh, and you can get access to it. It is a wonderful, wonderful program. Um, yeah. And you'll learn how to banter, which as I just said, banter is... It's the beginning stages of building attraction. You, yeah, For most people, I think you need to be able to do this. You can do, totally use your intellect in other ways, but this is one easy, fun way to do it. Uh, new episodes of the Ask Win podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. I'm also posting them on YouTube. They come out on Friday, so you can, I guess, watch. It's not really watching anything, but it's listening to what you're watching on YouTube. Anyway, go on youtube.com slash Marnie Kinneris and you can listen to uh, the episodes there. You guys are awesome and we will see you next week. 